You are listening to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for our weekly podcast of Shelf Logic. My name is Alyssa. And I'm Batman. What are you doing? I'm being Batman. My name is Corbin. <laughs> we work at the Ed Robeson Library in Sun Lakes, Arizona. So this is a special recording of Shelf Logic because it is Library Con. So to highlight Library Con, we are going to be talking about comic books. So this is part one, um, and we're actually just going to talk about comic books in general. And then next week, we'll release the second part of our recording, which is going to be... All about comic books and movies. Movies. Comic movies. No. No. Okay. So, Corbin is kind of our um, comic book expert, if you will. So, Corbin, you want to divulge into a little bit about comics? Comics. Well, comics are another wonderful form of entertainment, another reading medium, if you will. I personally love them. I stick to the big two, and if you're curious what the big two are, they are Marvel and DC. So when you think Marvel, you think Spider-Man, the Hulk, Iron Man, the Avengers, the X-Men. Think DC, of course, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, the Teen Titans, and the Justice League. And the good, and there's also the, the independence, um, boom, image, other individual comic publishing houses that have their own properties. And, and the fun thing about it is that our library has all of those properties. So you're able to go, Online, We're going to talk about a number of resources later on that you can use to access these great comics. But there's a wide selection to choose from. Everyone has their comic. I firmly believe that. You just have to find it. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a valid point. Thank you. Thank um, you. And, you know, speaking of finding what comic books work best for you. I mean, we have Hoopla Digital, which is accessible to all of our library patrons for free. And it has a ton of comic books. I mean, even some for kids or adults or, you know, whatever. So, I mean, Sheets is a good comic book. Okay. I like it. It's not traditional Marvel DC, which I know is what we're primarily going to talk about. (laughs) Um, But I just wanted to throw that out there that, you know, that there's a lot of things. There's... Uh, Batman comics on there, Big Nate, which I love because I love reading kids books. Oh, I do. It's adorable. Man. Um, but I would also say like Watchmen is a really good mm-hmm. series. Classic. If, if you're looking for something to get into, it is a little bit more mature, mm-hmm. of course. Almost definitely. Um, one thing I highly recommend about Hoopla is that, and this is big in the comic community, which I don't mean to be like it's something selective, but. It's something selective. But basically, (laughs) (laughs) one thing that Hoopla does really well is that as soon as uh, the collected editions of many stories, uh, Batman, anything anything Superman, anything from the big two comes out and is available for trade, it's pretty much almost immediately available on Hoopla. And so there you get a chance to read it, you know, check it out for the full experience. They have a wonderful comic reading app. That not only lets you read page by page, but in action mode, so you can see panel by panel, really get the detail of the tremendous illustrations from many of the stories. And they have a tremendous selection. You can really get lost in it. So I can't praise it enough. It's one of the best comic mediums of any of them. That includes Marvel Unlimited, which is for Marvel. That includes DC Universe, obviously for DC. 
Um, and, and that's really, really cool to have that as a free resource because the other ones, they do cost you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this is a really great resource for those who are just looking. To, if you are new to comics and you're looking to try something out, mm -hmm. I mean, this is a really good resource for um, our library customers. And I think what's also interesting is that, like, there's a lot of TV shows nowadays that are based off comic books. And I don't think people realize that, like, Umbrella Academy, which is really popular on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And then you have The Boys, mm -hmm. which I think is on Amazon Prime, right? Yes. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. was a comic book. Yep. So, I mean, it, it's, called, it's kind of all around you and you don't even realize. Mm -hmm. And they're spinning off constantly. Always. I mean, Harley Quinn has her own show now. Yep. Which is great. Gotham was was inspired oh, from Gotham. that from year one. And then you have um, a new... Um, TV show for Batman that was inspired that's inspired from the Batman, but it's also inspired from a comic book series called Gotham Central, which focuses just on the Gotham City Police Department, mm -hmm. which is another cool thing in of itself. A lot of these TV shows we're seeing now are just tremendous spinoffs from properties that have been years in existence. Well, and then you have the CW, which did <laughs> yeah. a ton with DC, mm -hmm. kind of going off the comic books, kind of going in their own direction. Of course. Um, do you have an opinion on that? Okay, so as as a comic fan in general, I am a lot more patient with the CW comic offerings. I mean, obviously at Arrow, you had The Flash. Those were, were pretty much success all around. You had Batwoman, which got off on a much shakier foot. You have Legend of Tomorrow, which I think needs to be held in its own kind of taste. It's, it's not supposed to be lumped in with these other shows. In general, I enjoy them. I think there's a, a tremendous... Um, let's just say a fast and loose quality with the comic material mm -hmm. that I'm not a fan of. For example, uh, starting off, Arrow was basically Batman in green. They didn't use him, mm -hmm. but they put a lot of Batman's individual qualities and tendencies to Arrow, as well as some of his rogues gallery, which offended me because Green Arrow is a tremendous character in his own right. And I didn't feel that you need to lump the two in. But then when Batwoman came, that was someone who was a little more um, Batman adjacent and could, you know, theoretically take a lot more of Batman's rose gallery and personality. And, I mean, she's inspired from Batman in part. So, I enjoyed it. Long story short, you know, your mileage may vary. I, I find it pretty entertaining, especially the crossovers. They just did Christ on Infinite Earths this past fall, which is directly based off of a comic book. Also, by the same title, Christ on Infinite Earths. A, tr a tremendous book. Um, that's the word of the day with comics, by the way. I'm just saying. I'll say tremendous, like... 18 more times but it really was and you know i think i think cw's they're doing their best they're doing their best they're really putting the most um comic offerings out over the past 10 years i would say easily yeah and we'll kind of you know i know that we just kind of did go deep in that but <laughs> <laughs> i can't hold myself in i'm sorry but we'll go like more in depth next week when we talk about um DC movies, Marvel movies, things like that. Top but, fives. Um, let's go ahead and talk about our favorite comic books. Do you want to start us off? Because it, I know you guys can't see us, but in front of us, uh -huh. Corbin has a large stack, a large stack of comic books that he had to <laughs> dwindle down to find his top five. This was hard. It was really hard. And I, I, I amended my top five list to make it not only things that we have in our selection, which Miracle County Library District has a tremendous library selection of comics I'm from start all tally of how many times I've said it this. five times I think great uh that's all I got Sorry. right now Go <laughs> Go basically 
a lot of these comics you can find here in the Maricopa County Library District. I just took care to make sure that I pulled them directly from our shelves. And some of these I think are great for beginners. They aren't necessarily my top five, but they're my top five for you. That's how I'm looking at it. So we're going to start with my, um, yeah, it's kind of my least favorite, but it's a classic by everyone else. And it was actually just made into an animated film. It is Batman Hush. It was created in 2002. It's the great team of Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. Uh, Jim Lee, one of the, he's right now the publisher for DC Comics, but he's had a long career illustrating comics from Marvel, from DC, from Image. And he did a great job with this book, which is just beautifully detailed. It's a mystery surrounding Batman and Catwoman. It's the romance between the two of them as they solve this mystery of a bandaged hitman who keeps taking out people. And they're trying to figure out who is this character and what is his connection to Batman. And through this journey, what is great about it is that it brings you all over. So you're in Gotham, you run into Superman, you have Poison Ivy, Joker, Ra's al Ghul, you're running into every member. Finally, ending just before you get to the end, you get the first appearance of Jason Todd, which in comic continuity, he had been killed about 15 years prior in a comic event called um, Death in the Family. And this was his first like actual return. There is a red herring there. I'm not going to release it, but you should definitely check it out just for the artwork alone. Even if you can figure out the story pretty quickly, I think most can. I, I nailed it within the first couple of pages. I was like, oh, okay, great. But the story alone won't grab you. The illustrations will, and they will keep you. This book is a beautiful, beautiful book. And some of the imagery that's been used in it has literally been taken straight from the panel to the theater. I mean, yeah, it is a beautiful book because I'm looking at it right now and it's yes. just the artwork is kind of amazing. Well, not kind of. It's very amazing. Yes. And like you think classic. I mean, the detail. Yes. You think classic comic book. This is kind of what you would be thinking about. Mm -hmm. Just more vibrant and um, it pops. It does pop. That's a good term. He has bloody nose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Book number two. All right. So book number two, The Death of Superman. I'm sure everyone heard it. it is one of the top-selling comics, graphic novels of all time. Uh, this was a team effort, so it involved Dan Jurgens, Jerry Ordway, Louis Simonson, and Roger Stern, and it brings about the death of Superman in the title at the hands of this monster created just for the storyline named Doomsday. And what I enjoy about this is it's a few issues spanning across all of the Superman titles, and it's showing just how monstrous Doomsday is. Is It builds up to that, but it doesn't leave a lot of time for dialogue. It's a lot of action. It hits you fast. It hits you often. And it carries through. And one thing I especially enjoyed about this book is that, you know, most comics have a series number of panels, whether that be – and panels are basically the, the boxes with pictures, if that's the best, simplest way of describing it. So each book has, you know, four, five, eight, nine, however the creative team decides to format the book. The team behind the death of Superman formatted in such an, a, a, an interesting way in that with each issue, the number of panels per page dwindles. So you'll have, you know, six in, in action comics, you know, or in, in action comics and you'll have five in, in Superman 651 or four. And it just gets closer and closer that, so that by the time you get to 
the final issue, you are literally looking at just beautiful one-page spreads mm -hmm. of this final battle between Superman and Doomsday. And it takes up the whole page and is really cool. And I mean, this predates me just a little bit, but I couldn't imagine the excitement of, of reading, wow, Superman actually dying. And when was this one released? 1993. Oh. Yes. More, the early 90s. Yeah, more your time than my time. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I still wasn't alive then. Oh, okay, well, it's closer to your time than my time, okay? <laughs> but it, it, it's one of the signature DC events. One of the signature events in, in comics, period. And it's another book I highly recommend. All right, the third book is an Elseworlds book. An Elseworlds, just brief description on that, is... Tales that involve characters that we know but aren't in continuity. So the death of Superman actually happened. But let's say it was Superman in Superman meets DuckTales or something like that. It would be a story. Ooh, anyway, <laughs> it would be a story that is held outside of the common continuity. Imaginary tale, that sort of element to it. And Gotham by Gaslight, my next book, is just that. It is a tale of Batman set in Victorian, in the Victorian era. And he is actually trying to solve a string of murders that are happening all over. And it turns out that the murderer is Jack the Ripper. And so it is Batman versus Jack the Ripper, which it, it, it's great. Uh, uh, the many things about this book are, 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 I don't even have the words for it, but I did talk to the actual writer of Gotham by Gaslight and he pitched this as a story that this book, by the way, was made 1989. They were, um, he was trying to find stories that were for a special, a special book that would be on stores for a little bit, have people kind of pick up and read. And he couldn't think of any ideas. And so he was talking to some friends and they said, why don't we put Batman in Victorian era? And one of them was like, yeah, it's a great idea. And they penned Brian to write the story and they had, a. Uh, Brian Mignola as the artist on the work, and it's amazing. One, it really takes the style back then. You have the long overcoats. You have um, a Batman whose whose costume is very steampunk-ish. And even the weapons he uses, just taking the Batman that we all think of, the Batarangs, the Bat-Signal, everything. The Bat-Signal especially is, is creepy and dark and so time timely that I, I I love the way it was used but taking that and putting it in an older time in another era to show that the Batman character can come whenever and this was the one of the first Elseworlds tales this is actually considered the first one and this spawned several other great books that have become classics that yes didn't officially exist in continuity but have become a long-standing member of comic book lore because of its impact at the time. This was also made into an animated feature and it is very, very good. It ties together the just of the gist of this book and Brian Augustine's second book, his sequel to this. It ties it all together in about an hour and a half movie that adds additional mystery and takes some creative liberties, but Brian Augustine said he's good with it. And if he's good with it, then I'm good with it. So I would definitely recommend checking that out. So, so would you say that that comic book is tremendous? Uh, see, I tried to avoid that word, but tremendous. Yes, it is. I love it. Okay. I love that book, but not as much as I love the next book. This one is called Kingdom Come. It is another 
Elseworlds Tale. It's written by Mark Wade with art by Alex Ross. Check out any Alex Ross art if you're into any superhero renderings because he does an amazing job and the way that he does that he creates his artwork it's very lifelike it's very uh visceral and in front of you and it, it's amazing kingdom come is supposedly the last tale of the dc universe specifically the justice league it takes place years in the future it's almost written it was written in 1996 as a response to the way comics had become in the 1990s, which were a lot more dark and gritty and more armor and more teeth and more knives. It was everything went crazy. Seriously, everything went crazy. Nice. Check out any 90s comic. And he, I mean, they killed Superman for goodness sakes. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he really did. Exactly. In this book, a new breed of heroes have come in the DC universe. However, this new breed of heroes are a lot more violent. They cause just all types of property damage. They don't really care who is hurt as long as they beat the bad guy. And that's all that matters. Who beat who? That's it. In this world, Superman has been retired. He's gone. Batman's body's old and broken. He's gone. Wonder Woman's in another, in another planet altogether. All the DC Universe, all the DC Universe heroes are separated. And it, the reason why it becomes known as you get into the book, but this isn't really a spoiler, it's almost like Injustice, even if it was written 20 plus years before that. Basically, the Joker had gotten loose and had basically wiped out everyone at the Daily Planet. If you're familiar with the Daily Planet or Superman at all, is where Superman works, is where the Love is Life, Lois Lane also works. And the Joker goes in, cleans house, kills Lois Lane, kills everyone in the building. And Superman actually arrests him and is trying to bring him, you know, into justice, into the criminal system, everything. Just he brings him to the courthouse. Another new hero comes and kills the Joker. And Superman is just distraught. He's like, what are we doing? What's going wrong? But the people love it. And they're like, yes, this is what you should have been doing the entire time, Superman. You've gone crazy. Your ways are old. Yada, yada, yada. And Superman's so shocked by this that he's like, wow, well, I mean, this world doesn't need me, clearly. And so he leaves. Long story short, all the heroes come back together by these events, led by Superman. Wonder Woman comes back. Batman, at this point, his body is done, so he cannot physically become Batman again. But he has some interesting ways of still serving that I think you'll find very fun. And they all come back to put this to rest. However, some of the supervillains that have existed all over, Lex Luthor, Catwoman, Riddler, they're still around. And you also have humans who are afraid of what these superheroes have become, and they have their own weapons as well. And the final showdown between all of the heroes, the villains, and the humans is amazing. And I specifically love what they did with Shazam, who in this book is they imagine what Shazam would be like in a world like this. Because remember, Shazam, anyone didn't know, didn't watch the movie, he's a kid who can turn to basically a god. He's the one superhero that can stand up to Superman because Superman's weakness is magic. And that is literally what runs Shazam. But in this book, they imagine what would happen to Shazam growing up in a world where it wasn't about what, what was right or what was wrong, but who would beat who. And basically he just becomes kind of crazy and he, Billy Batson, his name, he actually grows to look exactly like Shazam. So when he says Shazam, he doesn't turn any different. He just is Shazam now. But he's also insane, in part because of witnessing the world around him, in part because Lex Luthor got a hold of him somewhere when he was younger and started giving him pills that made him unable to 
control what was right or what was wrong. And so at the very end, it gets to this climatic battle and they're finally taking over. And then Lex Luthor's like, we need Shazam. And that sends this whole book into a whole nother universe, which this was the best way I could describe it. Check it out. It's called Kingdom Come. I enjoy this. And, and the, for the artwork for that one, it's so yes. like realistic looking. Oh my gosh. It is, I love it. It's cool. It is. Uh, Alex Ross's art is just... <sighs> I, 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 <laughs> if I could live my life as an artist... Excuse Perfin while he fanboys. Yes, exactly. It is, it is amazing. It, okay. it is really good. I was flipping through some of the pages and I was like, wow, this is oddly realistic in mm -hmm. comparison to a lot of comic books that you read, which obviously they're cartoonish, but mm -hmm. like this is just like Superman has deep wrinkles. Yes. <laughs> and at the end of the book, and we have multiple copies of this, again, at the Maricopa County Library District, it shows the art, artists, our creative team and how they thought about this book, what their mm -hmm. plans were. And what I love about the very end, they show the pictures of the main characters and literally who Alex Ross detailed these characters after. Oh. From his father for one of the main characters who I didn't mention, yeah, check it out for yourself, to Superman, right to Shazam. And seeing those characters and how they looked and how he made them look, it is perfect. Okay, last one. I'm not talking a lot here. Batman the Dark Knight Returns. Frank Miller, Klaus Jensen, Lynn Varley, that's the creative team behind this book. It is one of the best graphic novels ever. It is my favorite book of all time. It was written in 1986, and it tells the story of a Batman who he has been retired for 10 years. One of his Robins died, a fun little fact here. He killed off the Robin that DC was using, Jason Todd, before DC officially killed off Jason Todd by two years. That was really interesting. But in this book, Batman retired at 45, and he's done, it's a wrap. And in the 10 years that he's been retired, crime's kind of gone rampant for everyone. There's new gangs, um, one is called the Mutants, which are half mutant, half people, and they're just wreaking havoc. The world's crazy, it's, it's dystopian 1980s. They have a president loosely um, resembling a president in, in actual history that is at the helm, things are crazy. Ironically, the Joker is one who, without a Batman, is actually sane and in an asylum. Like, he turned himself in. He's like, you know what? There's no Batman. Like, why am I here? And so he leaves. Okay. And all the, exactly. <laughs> and all the other heroes are gone, other planets, other worlds, whatever. Well, Bruce Wayne, he tries to find other things to take up his time. But the way that this book dives into the psychosis of Bruce Wayne and his need to be Batman whether it's for justice, for the thrill, for whatever it is, it spurs him out of retirement at age 55 mm -hmm. to go back and fight crime. And so he's fighting a lot of the same villains he's reached before, one being Two-Face, who tried to reform, actually had surgery to get both sides of his face looking exactly the same, but is somehow more broken than ever. And then he has to you know, battle the police, and he's trying to restore order in Gotham. As he's doing this, of course... The Joker, who didn't need to be the Joker when there wasn't a Batman, now sees the need to be Joker because there is a Batman. And so Batman will have to face him. And finally, the government, seeing that the Batman has come back and is, you know, putting order in, in Gotham in a way that they don't sanction, puts the one guy in front of him that they know will stop him, and that's Superman. And this book was largely the inspiration for Batman vs. Superman, Donald Justice, which we won't talk about this week, more next week, because I have thoughts on that movie but, 
This book is one of the best books of all time and not just by my words. You will enjoy it tre tremendously. There it is. I had to say it. I there had to say go. it tremendously. Uh, and we have several copies here at the library district. So make sure you get your hands on a copy ASAP. So um, I know I kind of go in like a backwards direction yeah. rather than Corbin. Um, <laughs> so Corbin will actually read the comic books before he sees the movie or TV show or whatever. Mm -hmm. I go backwards and I will watch the TV show first because if the TV show is um, not good, <laughs> why am I going to spend time reading the comic, right? Oh my gosh. I mean, that's kind of how I think. And I know that... Mm -hmm. that like, that's wrong because a lot of the TV shows are not as good as the comics. Well, but that's kind yeah. of why I do it. Okay, it's a good Because guy, I'm like, is it is it a good storyline? Mm. So, um, a lot of what I'm, what I'm going to mention right now is going to be loosely based off a TV show. So, <laughs> fair warning. Great reference. Okay. So, um, I love Sabrina. And I'm not going to, you know, talk about specific volumes like Corbin. I mean, Corbin does this... <laughs> all the time <laughs> like comic books is his second life yeah i guess yeah um totally. for me I, I just kind of i'm just gonna go over broad topics um so definitely love sabrina the teenage witch always have always will really good comics for anybody that's just getting into comics um i like them umbrella academy for those of you that are obsessed because season two just dropped of Umbrella Academy. Um, that's a really good one to get into as well. It gives you a little bit more um, information and background on characters, obviously, like books often do. Um, one of my all-time favorites will always be Archie. I love Archie. Um, Riverdale was okay. <laughs> I will talk about that next week. Okay. We won't go into the Gargoyle King or whatever. Um, but, you know, the Archie comics were great because, you know, as a kid, I would watch Scooby-Doo and then you had the Archie comics, which were kind of similar in a way, but more um, for like that preteen teenager age. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, what else do we have here? You flip through my notes here. We're going to take this time again to plug Batman The Dark Knight Returns. If you're looking under our mcldaz.org search catalog Frank Miller, only pick up that book. You know, some of his other work, he's a tremendous artist and author, and I said it again to fill in the time, but I definitely would recommend starting with Batman The Dark Knight Returns. Had to give another plug. I mean, in case you didn't know, Corbin's very obsessed with Frank Miller, so... <sighs> Specifically The Dark Knight Returns. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to plug it. You're right. I, like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, Lois Lane and the Friendship Challenge. I thought that was a really cute, like, comic book, again, okay. for people trying to... Just trying to, like, dip your toes into the water of comic books, because I'm still fairly new to it, and one of the main reasons I thought I could do this podcast was because Corbin is so knowledgeable. <laughs> Aww. And like he, like his brain is just spitting out comics every five minutes and it's amazing. So <laughs> that's like, I'm just here. So, <laughs> so th those are like my, my top like general categories of, and I know they're a little bit kiddish and I know that this is an adult podcast, but you know, sometimes it's nice to go back to your kids age. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about ultimate favorite comic book character. You get one. 
Can you do it? Sheesh, only one? Can you do okay, it? Okay, see, I thought in my notes it said I could pick six. So six? <laughs> I'm just saying that's why I thought maybe I maybe I wrote one. Go, wrong. Okay. go ahead and do your six. Okay, okay. So we have to start. <laughs> We'll start with the Punisher. No, I'm just kidding. I'll do it for the yes. sake of time because I talk so much in the comics. I will stick to two. Two, How's that? fine. There we go. Two. Number two is Batman. Love Batman. Um, Can you do the Batman voice again? I'm Batman. I love Batman so much. Every book I read is about the Dark Knight and his adventures, and I can't get enough of it. And now I have a lozenge, so I'm better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Batman's uh, what he stands for. The way he's able to use his own family trauma to become a a better person or a a, a person for, a defender for those who can't defend themselves is something that appeals to me. I even like when creative teams go behind the cowl, if you will, and discuss whether his need to be Batman is a negative or an obsession or uh, using Batman as a vehicle into the human psyche. I think that is really interesting. When done well, it can be done very heavy-handedly. And so... Batman and what he represents, I love it. And who 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 doesn't love the bat signal? I'm just I, if you don't like the bat signal, I don't know if I like you. I'm just kidding. I like everyone, but I would have some thoughts. The bat signal is amazing. Okay. He, he questions your judgment if you don't like the bat signal. Exactly, it's, it's kind of important. Number one is Spider Man. Spider Man always appealed to me, partly because of his creator Stan Lee, who said that anyone could be behind the mask, and I thought that was really poignant, That's interesting. Always, and I really thought that was interesting and spoke to me as a as a young person. In fact. Funny story, the first book I ever checked out when I came to Arizona from this library, well, not this book library, but the Perry Library, was a big volume of a, a Marvel Essential Spider-Man number one, which collected his first 20 issues from 1963 to 1965. I must have checked out that book like 67 times, and then it disappeared, and I'm mad I don't have it. And here I am eight years later. But the, but the point being, going back, sorry, that was a freshman year of high school. You got to love those times. Anyway. Spider-Man. Hey, that was more than eight years ago. Was it? <laughs> yes. Oh, geez. Yeah, freshman year was like... <laughs> freshman year was like 11 years ago. My bad. Math was never my strongest suit, okay? It's the comics. It's not, it's not, it's not number crunching. Like eight years ago. <laughs> eight years from grad. Okay, we're not going to go any further. Anyways, some of the themes that speak to Spider-Man. Obviously, great power, great responsibility. That's his tagline. But it's also going, growing up. You know, he was a superhero, but he was a teenager first, having to deal with changes in his body, having to deal with rejection from girls, having to deal with all, all types of things that spoke to me going in the same situation just without superpowers. And his Rose Gallery was colorful, a coming of age stories. I think Spider-Man 122 and 123, the Green Goblin's Last Stand, the death of Gwen Stacy are just beautifully written stories just in general. And his character is is one that I find joy in. It has a lot of darkness for a character that's so colorful and bubbly, but I think that adds extra depth to its character, and that's why he's so beloved by everyone. And that's my opinion on him. That's I mean, number one. Yeah, yeah, those are fair points. I kind of take a different approach to my superheroes. What? I know. Crazy. Um, my number two. My number two will always be Shazam. Okay. You, even like. For those of you who are unaware, which is everybody listening, mm -hmm. um, Zachary Levi is definitely a celebrity crush of mine. Yep. However, I liked Shazam before that, too. Really? I, like, I was stoked when he was cast. That's when you started liking Shazam. 
No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> but, um, like, Shazam, like, what little kid would, wouldn't, like, die just to be an adult for a couple hours, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because when you're a little kid, you're just like, man, I wish I had muscles. I wish I was taller. I mm-hmm. wish I could, you know, do all the things that adults do. And, yeah. You know, and then suddenly you can be an adult just by saying, Shazam. Yep. Then you so. have to pay rent and you go back to being a kid. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Adulting bad, okay? Exactly. Sam, that'll be fifteen ninety five. Mom. Mom. <laughs> um, so like I always love Shazam. The comics are they're not the best comics, but they're decent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my number one will forever and always be Wonder Woman. Because like when I was a kid I idolized her and like I mean she's amazing. She is. Like, that's just how I'm going to end that. It's just, she's amazing. She's, I don't know I'm, what else to there's say. There's nothing else to say. You're right. <laughs> she's amazing, and I love her. She's my she's my number one. There it is. There it is. Uh, so, I think, I think we covered it. We did. I, I think I, we got this. I think we nailed it. Um, so, like we said in the beginning, Maricopa County Library District has a ton of comic books that a you ton. guys could check out. Um, and... It could be physically, you could pick them up during curbside mm-hmm. after you request them online. And then yep. we have them through Hoopla, which we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then Libby as well. Yeah, Libby also Libby has as them. well. And they have a nice, sneaky little group of them. I randomly was searching. Okay, I get mixed up some days. I went to Libby thinking I was on Hoopla and was searching up Spider-Man. And then boom, like a whole bunch of comics came. I was like, <gasps> and so I kept digging and digging. And they have a very good selection that you wouldn't think offhand that are really good and again it's unlike hoopla in the amount of borrows it's obviously with libby what you borrow and bring back so mm-hmm. you can go through a ton of them and they have a, a a lot of um classic comics that i really enjoyed one being spider-man vengeance of venom make sure to check it out that physical book is out of print but it's a collection of spider-man and venom's early adventures in the like late 80, late 80s to mid 90s Really good. I didn't know that was on Libby. Yes. Huh. Yes. Look at all the cool things you learn on this podcast. Um, so join us next week when we uh, go more in depth, if that's even possible, <laughs> on um, comic books and movies. We're going to kind of give our critiques on it. Um, just as a fair warning, I'm a huge Disney nerd, so I'm going to be bringing up Marvel a ton. And Hopefully the good ones. I'll do my best. Okay. <laughs> Awkward silence. Um, <laughs> But yeah, join us next week and thanks for tuning in and check out LibraryCon on the MCLD website. Uh, There's a lot of good stuff happening, so make sure you check it out. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ. Remember to stay tuned. Next week, we will continue our library con celebration as we listen to Corbin and Alyssa discuss some of the most popular and famous instances of comics coming to life on the big screen.